Welcome to Responding to Life, Talking Health, Fertility, and Parenthood. On today's episode, I am joined by Annie Tevlin. Annie began her career as a professional makeup artist on the set of music videos, red carpets, and as a member of the Lancome Paris' pro artistry team. It was during this time that she began experiencing symptoms of cystic acne, and while fortunate to have the skill set to cover the physical marks, the emotional scars were not as easy to conceal. Annie recognized the need for a beauty destination that not only informed the consumer, but also satiated the need for results-driven skincare with a conscience. With a desire to learn more, she enrolled into UCLA's cosmetic chemistry program. Afterwards, Annie combined her knowledge as a makeup artist and skincare authority and introduced a curated collection of clean, results-driven skincare called Skin Owl, with a mission to nurture the complete well-being of the consumer. As a result of these global consumer connections, she recognized a pattern that people desired more than skincare to heal their bodies. They craved a brand that would heal the skin, but also care for their soul in the process. Annie also has a podcast called Off the Record with You, a podcast dedicated to meaningful dialogue and storytelling. Let's dive in and learn more about Annie and her soul work. Welcome to the show, Annie. I'm so excited to be here with you today and finally speak with you. I know um, right before we logged on, I was just raving about one of your products. And so we'll get into that. And I guess the, the best way for us to get started is just to tell us the story of how Skin Owl, your company, came to life. Absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so, you know, I have zero business experience. I didn't go to business school. I actually wanted to be a music video director. Um, and then the music video world <laughs> completely collapsed. Um, and so, but nonetheless, I found myself on set a lot shadowing makeup artists um, and just really loving, I think, the idea of beauty and, and um, you know, makeup and skincare, all of this stuff since I was a child. And I finally found like an open door uh, through the music video and commercial world. And um, ultimately that led me to working behind the counter. Um, I was headhunted by Longcomb to work for them and do education and training and sales. And um, it was like a new humble beginning like literally working behind the counter. And unfortunately, alongside such amazing education and such an amazing experience in terms of like building your own personal business, um, I was struck with cystic acne. I think it was the ingredient decks, the fragrance, right? Some of these unsavory ingredients that I didn't know uh, too much about back then. This was the like 2008, 2009. Um, and so anyways, I, I decided to go back to school. My skin like literally blew up. I tell people all the time, like I could have auditioned for a proactive commercial. It was awful. It was like purple and dark red and all over my face and back and neck, um, jawline and just painful and, uh, painful in all the ways, right? Physical and, and emotional. And, um, uh, eventually took matters in my own hands and went back to school. UCLA had a cosmetic chemistry program and I decided to go through the program to formulate skincare products that actually worked on the skin because I was spending so much money on stuff that didn't and going to dermatologists, right? Like doing all, doing it all and like looking at every single avenue and nothing would work for longer than two weeks. <laughs> so, um, my next step was Accutane and instead of doing that, I went back to school uh, and I learned literally 
just the simplicity of skincare and what works on the skin versus what is marketed to us as working, which are two very different things. Um, and, uh, and I created a product, the one that you mentioned before we hit record here, the geranium drops, and it literally got rid of my acne in like 35 days. It was insane. Like it was literally insane. And I had a Facebook group that was called skin owl. And that was like my alter ego. I was the skin owl. I was the voice of, you know, the messenger of wisdom in a very confusing industry. And I showed my before and after photos in the group and people were like, what? <laughs> like, I'll never, I'll never forget it. People, I need this for my son. I need this for my daughter. And that was the beginning of Skin Owl. That was nine, eight, eight years ago. And, um, yeah, it was almost like this weird beta test in a Facebook group where I could help people with ingredients and help people with makeup and like, just kind of use all of my expertise and, and be, uh, like an online beauty advisor, so to speak. It was before Instagram and, uh, and it was, yeah, I think if I had never had acne, there never would have been skin owl. And if there had never been social media, I don't think there would have been skin owl. That's amazing. Yeah. All those different steps to lead up to what is an amazing brand and, um, the geranium, I had no idea. I use the stick, you know, the stick that you have, uh, I feel like I'm going to have to try the other stuff as well. All those, yes. they're, and they're so beautiful to look at. If you haven't Thank been you. on the skin L website, you do have to check it out. It's just so appealing. Uh, so that's, that's fascinating. I'm glad that you were able to you know, to go in there and find the solutions for yourself. You know, a lot of times people don't advocate for themselves to kind of take the back seat. And we talk about that a lot on our show in different, in different avenues of life. So it, on your site, as I was perusing through it, uh, you were talking about how skincare can be the catalyst to caring about every important facet of your life. And I love that because I, you know, my background is with mindfulness and I preach mindfulness as a lifestyle, not just one strategy that you can do. So explain to people who are listening out there who perhaps just use skincare as just a way to clean, clean their face. How can this be a catalyst to improving all the other parts of their life? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think right now what's happening on, on social media right now is this kind of pushback, not only for clean beauty because of the fear mongering and the greenwashing and, and, um, you know, if you use, if you use X, you're going to die. Um, so use clean beauty, right? There's this kind of like a weird taint on clean, blue, green, non-toxic, like whatever, you know, however people define their brand. But there's also some pushback on kind of what you're just saying that like products cannot be the catalyst towards self-care. Like your mindfulness is the catalyst towards self-care. But I, I really go up against that because it, A, it's to assume that every single product is a result of a capitalistic environment and selfishly just trying to grow millions and millions and millions and the product is the devil. But the way I see it, especially as a, as a relatively new mom with the child under two, it's like putting on product is the only time that I check in with myself. Like I, I'd like to sit here and say that I've got a compact in my purse and I'm touching up lipstick and like, but it's like, that's just not accurate. You know, in the morning, splashing my face with water, brushing my teeth, right? Putting on deodorant, like some of these things that you do to create hygiene and to have pride in yourself and to feel like, okay, if I didn't do X, Y, and Z today, at least I took a shower, right? And, and product is no 
for me, it's no different than that. A, the product, there's a huge lineage for me about, you know, an actual product changed my skin. I created a product. So this is not me just being a consumer. I'm a formulator. And so by that, there's a lot of love and good energy, you know, so to speak, put into this product. But it's also, it's my audit. It's my opportunity morning and night to, sh- to look in the mirror and say, wow, you know, like last night's crappy night's sleep. I-, I see that. Like I see that. And tonight I need to get a good night's sleep. It's my, uh, it's like your compass, your litmus test, right? It's all, it's the way that, that I get to check in with myself and just make sure that I'm okay. And otherwise I'm like a Tasmanian devil who's running all around doing the podcast, doing the business, doing motherhood. And I get to the end of the day and it's like, why didn't anybody tell me that there was all of this all over my face? You know, it's like, so it's like, I ha it is the catalyst. It is an opportunity for me. It's my only opportunity for me to really take care of myself. And I, I hope that in time there will be other prompts and practices that do that. But at this specific juncture, like I, I'm very appreciative and grateful for, uh, there being something that, um, that I engage with that allows me to kind of check in with myself in that way. I just love, love everything that you said, (laughs) because in, you know, and everything that I talk about with mindfulness as being a lifestyle, that's, that's what I try to impart upon people is that you can infuse it in these different moments of your day. And I do the same thing with my, with particularly my nighttime routine, that's my way of just reviewing and going over and reflecting and being grateful for all the things that happened that day. And I'm doing it when I'm going through my whole skincare process and have that, have that quiet time for myself. So I love to hear that someone else is doing the same thing and isn't just, you know, I mean, we can be doing a whole bunch of other things while we're taking care of ourselves during that nighttime piece. But being very um, mindful about it is is a great way to really um, yeah use it together you know yeah so. and it's not saying that every single time by the way I put on skincare products or or you know eye cream that it's straight out of a you know a commercial it can be rushed it can right. be like you know one thing after the next but I also have different products to choose from. And so sometimes just having a choice, (laughs) these like micro choices, when I don't have any other (laughs) choices that day, it means a lot to me. You know, it's like, I think I'm going to use this mask and like mess around a little bit, or maybe I'm going to mix these two together. Like it really is the small things. And, um, and I know that, I know that caregivers and mothers and parents out there that that will resonate with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Having little choices like that does make a huge difference. Another thing that struck me as I was perusing through your site was uh, in your mission, one of the tenets was celebrating vulnerability. And and I just, that struck me. So if you would, could you share with the audience how you welcome vulnerability in the various facets of your own life? Yeah, I love that question. I think um, I have a brick and mortar in Boise, Idaho, and I always think about the welcome mat. The welcome mat just says, come as you are. And I think that, you know, on first glance, that seems really easy. Like, here I am, it's me. But then you you kind of enlist all of the complexities in life, you know, which which are vast over the last year and a half, two years. 
And it's really hard to come as you are. You know, it's really hard to show up to a relationship or a friendship or a new introduction or your fears, you know, and just kind of like be whoever you're, you are, you know, like you, the ego steps in and really protects parts of ourselves and protects our soul, you know, from, from being hurt. And so, um, for me, I think vulnerability is just trying on the shoe of coming as you are just taking a deep breath and walking into whatever space you're going into without any other agenda than to just be, you know, like maybe not taking over the conversation or maybe just listening, you know, for tonight, I'm going to go out to dinner and I'm going to an event and I think I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm feeling a little low today. So I think I just want to listen, you know, and that's vulnerable for someone like myself who usually goes into a social setting and people expect me to talk a lot. Because what that does is by just kind of sitting back and being mindful to your point and, and being vulnerable with um, how I'm going to be received, I think that that it puts you in a position to have people ask you a lot of questions. You know, like, oh, what's wrong? Oh, why are you so quiet? And it's like, this is just a vulnerable moment for me where I'm, I'm just trying out some other hats tonight. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, resembling my mood a little bit more. Like I'm, I'm having a low day, right? Like I think that's a vulnerability saying that you're feeling off or saying that you just kind of feel like you're, you've been burning the candle from both ends and you just want to listen tonight and just be a witness to the evening. It's that kind of behavior that is really important for me, especially in becoming a mom and running a business. And there's, there's a lot of me out there. You know, I'm talking to people, interviewing people. I'm sure you can relate managing a business, hiring people, working at my, you know, store doing stuff. It's like, so at a certain point, that vulnerability, that check-in with myself is really just an opportunity to, um, kind of see what I need, you know, versus what I think I should be doing. And that's, that's what I invite from, from other people. It's, it's not vulnerability is not always crying and sobbing and, um, you know, feeling your kind of this weakened state or weakened immunity. Um, it's just opening yourself up to the possibility of your wholeness and, and allowing yourself to be seen for that wholeness and not getting too wrapped up in, uh, in, in, preserving the parts of yourself or showcasing the parts of yourself that people know you as know you to be. Uh, that's um, wonderful how you were able to, um, to just be, to let yourself be in certain moments. It, it can be very hard to, uh, keep up a facade and to always have that front facing, um, smile on your face and have to perform as people see you to be uh, versus just having the courage and the bravery to just let yourself truly feel and act how you may feel that day. And it all changes. Um, yeah. I, it reminds me of something that I just posted on Instagram the other day. It was this quote that I saw in a store and it just struck me. It said, be open to falling apart so you can keep it together. And, and that takes some vulnerability. It takes some courage to be able to just know when when you need to be a certain way, whether that's being all put together or if it's just letting loose and letting go of certain things. Yes. Um, so thank you for sharing that, Annie. Of so, course. 
I would love to continue on with the role of you being an entrepreneur and owning your own business. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about mental health because as you mentioned, as you were talking, you're running from this to that. You have so many different obligations, so many different plates that you're sort of um, keeping spinning. And so I know myself how hard that can feel, how hard it is to hustle and feels like there are a gazillion things that had to be done, not just today, but yesterday. So in light of, you know, there have been a lot of mental health for women that have come to light because of athletes. And so that's finally um, being talked about. I'd love to hear how you prioritize your well-being and your mental health as a business owner. Oh my gosh. Well, this is like so timely because I don't, I don't think I needed the level of care that I do now. And maybe that's because I was younger or maybe that's because I, it wasn't as many years of doing it, but now eight years into Skin Owl, it's like, this isn't going to work anymore. Like the type of stuff that I was doing year one, year two, year three, I just, I don't want to be doing it and I don't have the bandwidth and it's not, I love Skin Owl. It was my first baby, but now I have a, an actual baby. You know, I, I, I've transitioned my life massively over the last year and a half, leaving Los Angeles and moving to Idaho and building a house and, and just really coming to a place that had figurative and literal wide open space so that I could have the, 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 you know, kind of bandwidth to move and wingspan to move around and, and think freely and, uh, process my life, you know, all of these things. And so I think, you know, for me, my self-care over the last year and a half is partly in, uh, as a result of moving, I think getting out of a chaotic city for me, uh, after 17 years in Los Angeles, it was like time for me to go. And so with that, like there's, it was like an open Pandora's box, the amount of detoxing and therapy and just like keying myself down after being so keyed up in ways that I didn't even realize. Um, you know, you don't know the chaos you're in until you leave it. And that was looking me right in the face. Like, okay, you're in this place. Do you, are you actually capable of rest and are you actually capable of knowing when it's too much and I wasn't in LA because I was moving so fast and it was you know it was nuts so now that I've unpacked so much of this and I'm doing so much work I finally feel like after nine ten months of living here that I'm starting to get I'm, I'm seeing my shifts and it's really just some of the cliched stuff, right? Like saying no, um, really tapping into whether or not I have the ability to, um, pour from a full cup, whether that's like going out to dinner, taking the phone call, adding something else to my to-do list, because now whatever I do, that's a part of my to-do list. It will take me away from my family. And ultimately while that has been, you know, kind of like my business had to come first, for specific reasons over the last year, um, or, you know, created a high demand. It's like, no, my first priority is my family and my rest and my mental health and, you know, the preservation of my life. And I, I, you know, the internet, you see so many scary things happening to people because of stress that it's just not, you know, we're, we're all behind the driver's wheel of how we want our life to look and what we want to feel. And I think I'm just at that point now where it's like, it's kind of now or never. 
<laughs> in a sense. Like it, it's it for all of us. I mean that actually for the entire like planet. It's just like you, we've got to get a hold on on putting ourselves in the throes of things that make us feel rested and um, joyful and at peace as much as possible because of how much stimuli and chaos there is and needing to like def- redefine yourself and define and take a stance. And, you know, we're having to caption so many moments in life where it, it really, I mean, literally captioning moments in life where we normally didn't have to in previous generations. So that take that takes a lot, you know, we're not built to do that. And so with that, I think it's um, getting really clear on my priorities and then marching in the direction of them. That's beautiful. I'm glad you were able to at least describe to us your process because a lot of times I feel like people are much like you described yourself before moving and making that shift. People are always just on the go and they get caught up in that swirl of chaos. It is hard to separate yourself from that and to look up, look from above and see what's happening. So it is definitely worth trying to do that every so often, whether it's actually making a physical shift um, or if that's not possible, then doing these little moments where you can at least reflect upon what's happening, at least on a day by day basis. So that's wonderful. I would, it sounds amazing out there. And I think it's a great way for us to pivot into a new role that you find yourself in of parenthood. I have a lot of listeners on my podcast who are parents, who are aspiring parents. And, you know, we all come into motherhood in so many different ways. And and then we adapt and we have to shift into this new role, especially as a, a working mother. So I'd love to hear and just, you know, I know you have a young one, but from um, these last two years, like what are, what would be a lesson or a takeaway that you can share with our audience about raising children while you are pursuing your own goals? Wow. I mean, whoo, it's so much, you know, (laughs) it's so much specifically because of where Monty is now, you know, Monty is turning two, my God, uh, literally in like a month. And, you know, I think I was, you're prepared for like, like the newborn stage. Like that's, I think a lot of the rhetoric that I was hearing was like, there's going to be this very specific time where like, you're going to want to be on maternity leave. And, you know, you set, I set my business up for that very acute time period. Like the newborns that was like, you're adjusting to sleep and you're adjusting to this new schedule and you're putting systems in place. But then nobody ever talks about the close to two-year-old years, which is like, climbing on everything literally you cannot take your eyes off of them just trying to finish a sentence on an email is is doing god's work i mean and i am not exaggerating i am not exaggerating it is a pride swallowing siege okay that is so much harder than anybody talks about and i have one i have one i look around at other women who are pregnant with a child Monty's age. And honestly, they, I mean, you and these long line of women deserve gold medals for being able to do it with this, this many animals running around. It's just bananas. And I think so much of it is my age. You know what I mean? I'm 40 years old. I had a child at 39. I lived a lot of life. I built a lot of things. I didn't know any better. You know, if I was like 26 or 27, maybe like what 
these next 13 years would have been for me. But I have lived my entire life. You know, some of this is, is very acutely responsive because of me. I've lived my last 40 years without having to think about anybody else, but my goals, right? My husband, I went through a divorce. Like I, it's all managing my life. And now it's like the only thing I want to do is hang out with my son and, and help him grow into who he is going to be. And, but alongside that is this relentlessness. That's just like, like, okay. So this is why there's au pairs. Like, this is why there's nannies and daycares. And, you know, my husband and I both work from home, quote unquote. Um, And so we are with him all day and we constantly get ourselves down. Like, you know, well, maybe, you know, maybe he shouldn't be like, you know, whatever, watching this television show right now while he's eating lunch. And it's like, we have literally been with him for eight hours doing arts and crafts and reading and running and going to the park. Like, it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's totally okay. Um, so I think it's, I'm in this very specific stage right now where he has developmentally just turned a total corner and he's so independent and so amazing, but it's also, you know, it requires more maintenance. And so I think while I could say to all of the, the parents to be, or people who are considering going down this road, like get your sleep and do all this, like, cause life's going to change. I think it's more so just finding something that becomes a practice that ensures time for yourself. And whether that's a discussion with your partner or if you're a single parent, like, you know, talking with grandparents or setting, you know, take, it takes a village type of a thing, like bring in that village into, into this stuff earlier, you know, at like the year mark and say, um, Annie Tevlin on Joe's podcast told me that this was about to go down in about a year. I'd like to start talking about my, my like plan, you know, like I almost think that we should like plan ahead for it. Because I, if anybody is out there like me, you're just going to want a little bit more time to yourself to process your life and make sure that you're going in the right direction. Great advice. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. No, (laughs) you're right though, because people do set you up for success or for, with a lot of wisdom about that first year or so, because, you know, it's a newborn and there are all these little things you have to do and everything like that. But it's true. As you progress into the many different years and every year is different, you don't really have that guidebook and sort of expectations. It's much like pregnancy. I feel like many times I didn't hear about all these certain things that I experienced um, because it was all sort of sugar coated and it's like, Oh, well, this is, this is what yeah. you'll expect, but not really. Like <laughs> I didn't really get the full gist beforehand. It would have been great. Yeah. Um, known about the hair loss that happens after <laughs> you give birth. I'm like, what are these clumps coming out in the shower? And I was like, Oh yeah, that's just a, you didn't know. And I'm like, no, no. nobody <laughs> talks about the hair loss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. But yes, so I do appreciate your advice and, um, and and that is a great lesson learned. So in, now I hate to wrap this up. We can, I feel like we can talk forever. Um, I'd love for you to share with the listeners just sort of a general look, uh, how they can respond to life in a more mindful and positive way based off of your own life experiences. Wow. Um, I love that question. I think provide yourself with time. Like even if you don't think that you need it, even if you think you have it, you know, it's like, what, 
would come up for you if you decided to take a walk by yourself instead of, you know, with a friend or, you know, for me, I live near a, a big body of water, the Boise river. And so for me, it's like going down to the river and just looking out at the river and not having my phone, what comes up. And I think mindfulness and time are synonymous. Like I, I, I just don't know how we can be mindful if we're not giving ourselves this uh, kind of unadulterated, undivided attention to ourselves. And so in order to do that, you need time and you need space. And, and for me, I think you need solitude. And so um, spend time with yourself because ultimately you might have to. And I know that that sounds morbid, but if you're in a partnership or you're reliant on people in your life, like we've, we've got to hone the muscle of being okay on our own you know, and feeling, um, balanced and not like, you know, it's, it's going to be a, I don't know, you know, the people around us that we care about, everybody starts to go away. You don't want to flatline. So I think mindfulness, just being in the driver's seat of your own life and being cognizant of the choices that you're making and being, and feeling good about those choices is what life is all about. Cause then at the end you can say, I did my best because I was mindful of those choices. So I would say spend some time alone, like pick a day and take 20 minutes and go and do something by yourself and see what comes up. And if you like it, do it again. And then the more you do it, you'll like it even more, even if it's a low value to begin with. Like, of course, everybody wants to be on Instagram and doing things that are distracting, but it's really cool when you start to prioritize time with yourself because then that becomes highly addictive as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it's true about time. And so I'm glad you brought that up. I don't think I've had a guest bring that up because it, it really is key to being able to respond to situations and challenges in life and just life in general in a more mindful way from a place of peace and clarity. Because if you just hit that pause button, you're giving yourself that moment. You're giving yourself that extra moment that we all need to process. And so I I really appreciate that you brought that up on the show. I also like to uh, wrap up by shifting, you know, shifting over to positivity. So I'd love if you could share with us your gratitude for today. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm grateful to be on this podcast. First of all, I'm grateful to have this conversation because it puts me in the, in a place of mindfulness, you know, just to say this stuff out loud and making it social, so to speak, it, it, it puts me in a place of, um, being mindful of that for the rest of the day. So thank you. And I'm, I'm grateful that like, that I realized a lot of the stuff that I realized while I'm still young, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm not, and by the way, I think everybody is young if you're still alive for that matter. But, you know, that I'm not sitting here at 80 years old saying, man, I wish I had been more mindful or I wish that I had really seized the important things in life and, and dug into a life that was rich in the things that matter. Like, I, I've got my head on straight and I know where my compass is headed. And like, it's okay if I never get to the the promised land, so to speak, like 100% of all the things that I want. But it's in the right direction. And so I'm grateful for the people and the things and the pain and the, all the things that got me to where I am today so that I know that I'm, you know, headed, headed due North. So that's my piece. That is a beautiful gratitude. I love the way you frame that for our listeners. And in the spirit of giving and receiving, I'd love for you to share with us 
how we can support your vision, Skin Owl, particularly for people who have not um, seen your products. If they're looking on there, if there's one or two that you'd like to highlight, I think that would be super helpful. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So um, you can see everything Skin Owl, um, obviously at skinowl.com. You can check us out on Instagram at Skin Owl. You can follow my podcast Off the Record at Off the Record with You on Instagram. And if you go to skinowl.com, literally everything I do is just like in a drop down. So you guys can see that. Um, I think my top two favorite products, definitely the geranium drops, the product that I, that we mentioned at the beginning. I'm so indebted to that product. It changed my skin. It changes thousands of people's skin. If you've got hormonal acne, any kind of hyperpigmentation or you know, uneven texture and tone. I always tell people isolate it for a week, like wash your face and just use that for a week and watch what happens. Um, uh, and the glow stick, our glow stick is like, oh, it's so, so good. You guys can check out our Instagram to see some of the before and afters, but it's essentially, a, it's a, it's a beauty tool and it's like a 2.0 to the Jade roller and the germanium stones, you know, help kind of drive the dead bacteria out of the lymph. And when that happens, amazing things happen to the skin and the face and allergies and headaches. Like it's an amazing, amazing tool. It's a one-time purchase. Um, try it for a week and watch what happens there. It's pretty awesome. Um, and that's it. I think that's all the things. And if you guys have any questions, you can email us at info at skinowl.com and we, we got your back. Thank you so much. And it's been such a pleasure speaking with you and just hearing about, you know, your the life that you've built up. It's just beautiful. And I have to say to the listeners that I have the geranium stick and I, you know, I use jade rollers. I was telling Annie beforehand, I use jade rollers, I use amethyst ones, but this one is by far my favorite <laughs> for many reasons. But one is just the orientation of the stick. You know, the other ones is like sort of this horizontal thing. And this one is more vertical. So I get to use it. And then it has the little stones. Okay. I can just keep going on oh. and on. But just go and give it a try. And the I have to go get those drops. <laughs> it's so awesome. I know. And it's confusing because it's geranium drops, like the flower. And then it's the glow stick has germanium stones. So it's like, everybody's like, I didn't know a flower could do this. I'm like, okay, should have chosen a different stone. But it is two different things. And they, um, they're actually beautiful together. Put on your geranium drops and then use your glow stick and watch what happens. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much again, Annie. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Responding to Life with Annie Tevlin. I'm so excited to be sharing more episodes with you. And be sure to check out my new book, The Mindfulness Journal for Parents, which is available on Amazon, as well as the website mindfulparentclass.com, where you can purchase the book as well as enroll in an online companion course for the book. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Responding to Life podcast. For more info on today's guest, check out the episode summary. I'd love to connect with you more, so be sure to check out my website, respondingtolifepodcast.com, for links to previous episodes, articles I've written, and interviews I've done on mindfulness, meditation, infertility, and parenting. You'll also find free video meditations on my site and on my YouTube channel, Josephine Atlery Meditation. If you'd like to book a one-on-one session with me, you can do so on the website. You can also follow me on Instagram at Josephine R. Atlery for daily inspiration and mindfulness tips. 
Finally, I'd love for you to join my Facebook groups to connect with a supportive community and receive greater insight on how to incorporate mindfulness into your life. Check out the Mindful Parenting Group with Josephine Atlery or the Empowering Your Fertility Group. Thanks again for tuning in today. I look forward to sharing more conversations with you on how to respond to life in a more mindful way. Mm-hmm.